loyal Swim Bros podcast listeners. Boy, do we have a nice treat for you guys today. If you listened to the last episode, you already know that Grant is in Colorado Springs at the Olympic Training Center. He is joined by several elite level swimmers, including one Chuck Cadis. Many of you probably already know the name Chuck Cadis from this summer's Pro Swim Series, where he has been absolutely tearing up the 50 breaststroke. He has established himself as one of the fastest breaststrokers in the entire world, hands down. If you guys don't know him from this summer, then you might remember him from Olympic Trials, where he was a semifinalist in the 100 breast, or from his NCAA career, where he finished in the top three in the 100 and 200 breast, and also brought home a national title as part of a 200 medley relay under Cal Berkeley. This guy's fast. Let, let me give you some context. He is actually in the 100-yard breaststroke a 50-point. Many of you would probably like to be going that in a 100-yard freestyle. I know I certainly would like that at this point. So this guy is quick. So he will share alongside Grant a lot of insights from his career, talk about kind of what it's like to be a post-grad swimmer. And also, he's got quite a keen business mind. He spent some time at Harvard uh, before transferring out to Cal Berkeley, and he has several startups that he's worked on. So we'll get to talk a little bit about the balance of an athlete with a business and kind of explore how how he's able to really reconcile those two different lifestyles. So without any further ado, I will toss it over to Grant and Chuck out at Colorado Springs. All right, so I'm here with Chuck Cadis and getting a little one-on-one interview action while I'm up at the OTC. Chuck, thanks for doing the interview with me. Of course. First off, I guess let's just start with the name. I've heard there's some, uh, you have, it's not your full name or your actual name. There's, uh, like Charles or something, Sir mm. Charles or. Oh, uh, Charles William Cadis the fourth. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. So, uh, so you just go by Chuck? I just go case? by Chuck or, uh, Mr. Bodbox, which is kind of my latest project. Wow. Okay. Uh, <laughs> what, uh, what, what's the, the secondary nickname there for? Uh, that's just, actually, the, the real story is just to allow larger influence because a lot of people see me as an elite athlete or an elite swimmer. And it's very easy to get placed into that box, but I really see swimming as something I love to do at a high level, uh, but just one of the things that I'm doing on a daily basis. That's neat. So uh, I guess kind of for my own sake and for everyone listening, um, kind of take us through the, uh, I guess, the chronicle, the progression of uh, who Chuck Cadis is today. Like, uh, I guess we can start with how did you get into the sport of swimming? Yeah. Uh, so I started swimming at our community pool in Virginia, and that was just something that everyone would do growing up. So I got into that at about age six or seven, had a little bit of talent, I think, and my mom recognized it. Uh, my twin sister and I started swimming from that point onwards uh, year round and then gradually worked my way up through the ranks, uh, ended up swimming at Harvard for two and a half years, which was amazing. And then I transferred over to Berkeley, partially because of swimming and partially because of a startup that I was working on at that time. You know, from that point, I swam through 2016, uh, continued working on startup related activities um and now i'm like i said running bod box full-time and swimming through 2020 yeah that's fascinating so from your time at uh harvard and then cal would you say you kind of took off in your swimming career started to get i guess really good in high school or was that a harvard or kind of like a, a conglomeration of everything i think it's a process with anyone but i I was sort of under the radar coming out of high school in the best way possible. I was still developing. Uh, Harvard was awesome. I got a lot better there and then just continued progressing at Berkeley. Um, and then afterwards, and now working with Sergio is, is sort of the next level in that. So. Neat, neat. And uh, at your time at Harvard, and I guess within the collegiate system, 
Is there anything you like drastically notice difference between swimming at Harvard in the Ivy League and then at a Division One program and, and powerhouse right now, uh, as, such as Cal Berkeley? Yeah, very factually, there's a difference just because one school can offer athletic scholarships and one can't. That's not necessarily a limitation. It's just a different system. Absolutely. So I would say the atmospheres are, are certainly different. It's just East Coast, West Coast, very different personality types attracted to each school. Uh, but outside of that, to me, swimming is swimming. So if you have a lane, you have a great coach at both of those uh, institutions, you know, to really push you to whatever level you want to end yeah. up at. Yeah, I always uh, believe in the philosophy. If you have a lane, you have a chance. So exactly. <laughs> I think that's – I've lived by that one, and I follow that motto to heart. So um, I guess uh, kind of going into more details with Harvard – Obviously, you got into the collegiate system there, and then when you moved to uh, Cal, was there any kind of difference in training that you noticed or kind of underwent as a swimmer yourself? Yeah, most definitely. I think I evolved along the process, and I, I you know, I believe fully in the benefit of great coaching and a great team environment and resources that are necessary. I also believe it really comes down to the athlete, um, and I think part of that process was was personal and that I developed as an athlete or as an individual human, yeah. you know, physically, but also mentally. And that was a very important part. Uh, being a part of that Berkeley group allowed me to grow at that level and really assume a role on that team, even going into the senior year. I'd say training wise, I got the opportunity to work with Nort Thornton, who's, uh, you know, he wrote the swim coach's Bible. So the guy yeah. knows a lot and he's just swimming is his passion. And he's always looking at different ways uh, for people to get better down to that individual swimmer. So I think working with him uh, training-wise was really revolutionary for me, and it allowed me to tap into my breaststroke even more. So your primary coach when you were at Berkeley was with Nord? Uh, it was a mix between Yuri, Dave, and Nord. Okay. And all three contributed. They, then, you know, I mentioned him, but all three are just yeah, amazing. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and they were the, the three coaches there throughout your whole time yes. at Cal, and that was a total of two years? Uh, yes. Did you spend any time there uh, post-grad or is this your first year post-grad? I did. No. So I spent a year post-grad there leading up to 2016. Um, and then actually a little time after uh, when I was just working mostly on the company and swimming and, you know, really grateful. Dave allowed me to continue tra to train with the group and, you know, test our ideas and work on different concepts, utilizing the, you know, group of amazing athletes as there currently yeah and so uh and then so you mentioned obviously too that you've had a transition to work with sergio lopez renowned coach with uh bowls with swimmers like uh kayla dressel ryan murphy santa condorelli joseph schooling and then obviously has had time at uh auburn and then now uh currently uh virginia tech mm -hmm. that he's moving on to um so where along the lines i guess did sergio come and make an impact on your life to the point where uh you're now training with him yeah so I actually had a good, a phenomenal friend, a uh, friend for life and roommate, uh, Sean Mahoney, who signed for Sergio while he was at West Virginia. And Sean could not say enough great things about Sergio. And simultaneously, I was making a move to the East Coast to work on a research pilot program that we're running. Okay. So, you know, I had communicated with Sergio at one point. Sean introduced me. And then, uh, you know, the rest is sort of history because I learned he was starting a pro group. Yeah. And I realized once I was on the East Coast, I could really make the business side of this work simultaneously. And if I had the opportunity to go swim with him, I realized it'd be an uh, Best an of awesome both worlds. Option. Yes. That's neat. That's fascinating. Um, so how long, I guess, in the Auburn area, have, have you been there? Have you been in an apartment or how's that situation kind of worked? Yeah, it's been really fun. Uh, so I've been in an apartment there uh, rooming with Kevin Cordes since All January. Right. 
So <laughs> we got really close. We've had a lot of fun. It's just in a, a very unique place, Auburn. Absolutely. Uh, especially coming from San Francisco, Bay okay. Area. Uh, definitely a change of pace, but a welcome one. And I think, you know, both really enjoyed, uh, you know, our time there. Neat, so, neat. Yeah. And then um, I guess the the next phase in your life, right now you're, you've are you got the summer, you're here at the OTC camp um, with Kevin as well. And then you guys will be transitioning to an area near Virginia Tech. And will that be this summer or will that be after the summer's over? That will be this summer. So okay. actually in a couple of weeks. Okay. Yeah. So we're going to be heading up there, uh, I believe, the weekend after July 4th. Okay. Still to be determined on the details. But, yeah. uh, you know, I fully plan to go follow Sergio and work with him and trust his guidance there. So. That's great. Uh, any feelings towards it? Nervous, excited, kind of a mix of everything? Just I'm excited. It's really cool to see, you know, it's been a process this past year or so, kind of building on the swimming side, getting back into it, uh, and building on the business side too. And this setup is going to allow us to have a, a really positive impact with uh, the technology we've been building, but then simultaneously allow me to swim for the company as well. Yeah. So to see that come to fruition, you know, it's been just a lot of work and a lot of people that were supportive and helped us get to that point. So I'm excited to get there because it's really just like the next step of, of our process. Yeah. So. And that, and that aspect that you keep mentioning about having the business aspect and the athletic and swimming balance, mm-hmm. I find amazing personally, because I think a lot of people just kind of put it into, it kind of goes back to the co- collegiate student athlete. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people just kind of put it into one corner of you have to be an elite level competing af- athlete, or you have to put that career on the back burner and pursue something else mm-hmm. once that time has been up mm-hmm. per se. Mm-hmm. But, um, I guess, I would like to hear like your more on your take of whether you see you could continue like where you are in your life with just one or the other, or if you really see the balance has like kind of made both how they are. I'll always say, and I'll always believe that doing multiple things, at least for me to have various focuses makes each one sharper. I would say it does come down to the individual, you know, cause I can't tell you the number of people that did say, Hey, you need to choose one or the other. Yeah. Um, and I simply refused that. <laughs> and, uh, was that just, just personal choice? Yeah, or yeah was... I just really wanted to, uh, you know, like I love swimming. I love working on different concepts and building companies. That's phenomenal. And so if I could get the right people around me that believed that that was possible, that's all you really need. So there's something, I would say if there's something you want to do, it doesn't really matter what people think. If you can find people that believe in you, even if it's one person at the start, that's literally all, that's all you need. And then you just continue building that and building that. And it takes time and it takes a lot of effort and a lot of hours, but anything is possible. So that's awesome. Yeah. Some powerful stuff right there. <laughs> and, uh, and what, what, what age are you currently? Chuck? 25. 25. Yeah. Um, and just so some people get an idea in case they don't, don't know the man, the myth, the legend, Chuck Cadis. <laughs> uh, what are, what are like your best times right now in, in your, in your best events? Um, so previously in my college lifetime, I would say yeah. I was 50.8 in the hundred breaststroke in the long course versions of the events in one double oh seven. Um, so hoping to drop under that minute mark this summer and, uh, we'll see how the 50 goes in Irvine. Should yeah. Be fun. So do you primarily work with the 1500 or do you ever tap into the 200 or in, in your college career short course? Did you ever? Uh... I did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was, uh, 150 point. I think at the time it was like maybe third or fourth fastest ever in yeah. that event. I've been working with Sergio to, to get more into the 200 long course, but I see that as a reach for me. I'm really like a, a power breaststroke swimmer. So 
50 and the 100 is my focus. And then, uh, you know, that keeps it simple in the pool. So I know what I need to do there. And then I can kind of switch gears to the business side as needed. Yeah. And also um, something I've noticed up at the OTC, and I, I've kind of brought up to you and mentioned to you a couple of times while we've been swimming together, is that specificity that you just mentioned with the, the 1500. How has that changed as you've gotten uh, older, more experience and more time in swimming, especially, I guess, throughout your whole time and, and now with Sergio, where you're just kind of specializing on one to, or two primarily and, and a third mm-hmm. event. Um, yeah, first of all, it's been awesome to be up here with you guys because like your group is just super fun. <laughs> yeah. So thanks for including Great. I'm us. I'm glad yeah. to hear it. In terms of becoming more specific, uh, it's funny because I started out at a club team probably similar to you where you're swimming every event all oh, the yeah. time and you're trained for everything. <laughs> yeah, the good stuff. Yeah, and you know I think that's a very important component, the base uh, groundwork. But over time, I think as an athlete, you start to understand what you need uh, more and more. And then you get more specific in terms of your feel for the water and what how your body feels in the water. So it's been fun. It's been uh, a process. I'd say that Sergio has insight into the stroke that I only recently tapped into. So there's another level of specificity that I didn't even know existed. Wow. You know, down to how you're angling your feet during the kick. It's things that, that you might be told along the way, but you don't really refine the details so much. But when he's there at workout uh, watching you know, we're making sure that we do every single thing correctly. So it's been fun. Yeah. So yeah. a little swimception with exactly. uh, some finer detailing. <laughs> yeah, that's neat. And then you also mentioned outside the pool and the training asp- and the training realm of things uh, with the strength and conditioning that you actually kind of, I guess for, especially for a, a sprinter, 50, 100 dominant swimmer like yourself, you only spend two days with the strength work outside the pool mm-hmm. in the weight room two days per week. So has that always been the case for you or is that is that new with the work with Sergio? No. So I actually did more at Berkeley. You know, it was a great learning process through there trying to figure out what worked. My first year I transferred, I actually didn't lift at all because they were afraid I was going to hurt myself because wow. I had never done the Olympic lifts. Okay. Um, and that was one of my, my best years. So interesting. Um, I think it does come down to the individual, what works well and what doesn't. Um, I've been fortunate enough to work with, you know, a really amazing coach that I was connected with on the strength side. Not going to say his name here. I think he would like fine. that I uh, don't disclose anything about him. Hey, it's, it's but, absolutely uh, fine. <laughs> he's an OG in that realm and he, <laughs> he really knows his stuff. So we've been working uh, specifically with him and, you know, the work is incredibly specific. So it's down to, you know, Kevin and I are trying to swim the fastest hundred meters of breaststroke that we possibly can. Absolutely. We don't need to be doing a million things in the weight room. We need five things that work incredibly well for us. Of course. So. I think to have the opportunity to work with people like that who are so knowledgeable in that that field has allowed me to spend less time in the weight room, you know, focus on my time in the pool and my feel for the water um, while still kind of complementing the natural strength that I have as a swimmer. Yeah, that's that's neat. And that's definitely a introspective take on what the swimmer needs, knowing your own body. And uh, as I've as I've gone gotten older and gone through the sport and just maturing myself, I've realized that that's one of the most important aspects that any athlete or any really high kind of high performing level person can actualize it's just self-realization self-actualization of what they need mm-hmm. in that moment Most definitely. um and in the pool i know you and kevin have been, you do a lot of power work a lot of buckets and, and stroke stroke correction and all that so do you think that kind of balances out with only doing two times out of the water or or what's your take on that i won't say too much about what we do so we don't reveal too much but yeah, yeah. uh 
But I think that between the weight work that we do, between certain things Sergio has us do, um, not necessarily in the weight room, but dryland related stuff yeah. throughout this course of the season, it sets us up really well to tap into that power. But I do think that stuff really complements it. And we try to line it up too with those sessions just so that we're, you know, and we're working those like fast switch muscle fibers that that's what we're working that day. Yeah. Um, so you're not just having like per se two sessions. If you go two sessions a day, you're not having counteracting things on the same day or with even in the same session. It, you've got that focus for the day. A hundred percent. And you guys do that really well too. Yeah. I mean, I've seen the structure and you know, I think you guys understand that and you probably feel that as an athlete as mm-hmm. well. Um, yeah. Benefit of that, it's so. definitely nice to have like the kind of set so. mode each, each day and you know, you're not getting pulled one way or the other. And I think that like, like it's shown time and time again and like with yourself and many of the athletes at this camp that it, it works, mm-hmm. pays off. So, uh, yeah, that's great. I'm, I'm glad, uh, got some time with the swimming portion, the business side of things. Mm-hmm. There are two, two segments we have on the podcast. One is called, uh, brought to you by Kirk Cousins. So you like that. <laughs> so something in the world, in your life, the life of Chuck Cadis that you just really like. It can be a movie review. It can be a drink you just had that day. It can be some from last week, whatever it may be. And then the second one is uh, our hot take segment. And that's <laughs> something to just really grind your gears in the world right now. And again, it can be as small as some drink you didn't get at the local Starbucks. <laughs> some, uh, I, don't, I don't know what it can be. Your, the, the shoe you bought didn't fit. Anything from that. It can be as uh, as high as a conspiracy theory to as low as a <laughs> local local purchase. So, okay. um I'll start out with you like that to give you some more time. Okay. You like that? 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 Recently saw uh, The Incredibles 2. When waiting 14 years for that one. Pretty amazing. Was 14 years worth it? I'm not going to say whether it was or not. I don't think anyone's going to really balance that question, but... Great, great product in the movie was uh, applauded from the entire th- movie theater. Wasn't just starting it by myself this time like a weirdo, <laughs> but uh, great movie, great time up in Colorado Springs. Good time killer, low, low uh, energy activity to kill some time on uh, the extra, the extra time in the days. Credibles two definitely give like a, a nine point five out of ten lane lines on that, and um, I guess the only thing I would say is I could have. Would have liked to see a little bit more from the kids in the movie. That's what I. That's what I'd like to see. But uh, if you don't, if you don't have anything yet, do you I have do. some? Yeah, okay, yeah, all right. Yeah. <laughs> so hit I us like with you like to that. See that movie. I heard it's good from a lot of people. So I would say the thing that I've been introduced to that's amazing. Ten out of ten lane lines. Wow. Uh, there's a company called Four Sigmatic. Uh, oh yeah. You need to check this out. They do like different mushroom powders. I swear this stuff is game changing. Anything you need, whether it's uh, mushroom coffee or uh, you know, before bed, I think it's, I don't know how you pronounce it. You probably know better. It's like reishi, reishi, reishi mushroom. Reishi. Yeah. So <laughs> that stuff is amazing. So I would say that's what I'm all about right now. I don't really have a negative one right now. Do you have, do you have something? <laughs> uh, no, no, no. The, so like, that's the, you like that segment. Okay. And, uh, I guess I'll spend like a little bit of time on that. The four sigmatic is yeah. actually incredibly interesting. Yeah. Definitely love that company use a couple of them you too myself yeah. Yeah. yeah um i've used like some of the cordyceps mm. the reishi lion's mane stuff That's and awesome. uh i think it just makes too much sense not to use it it's uh, yeah. a lot of people like for the cordyceps example um it helps you get your body's just natural energy systems up mm. and helps with your cardiovascular system and that and uh kind of was like nature's i guess for what they're kind of 
comparing it to is like nature's pre-workout if you want to. It's like just gives your body natural, healthy energy rather than just uh, stimulating it with caffeine and all this other kind of junk you're putting in your body. But yeah, Four Sigmatic, definitely hands down agree with them. 10 out of 10 landlines, absolutely. <laughs> um, and so now I guess we'll move into the hot takes. I'll go first again. And like I said, if, if there's really nothing you have, that's fine. And it can be, it doesn't have to be anything monumental. Like I said, it can be small, major, what have you, but it's just whatever, I guess, uh, in the world today that kind of just grinds your gears. Okay. So mine, I guess, would come to, uh, is the faulty Wi-Fi connection at the OTC. (laughs) Um, day two, we're talking day two, day three here. We're talking complete system shutdown. We're like, no Wi-Fi, no connection, nothing. We're up. 6,000 feet in the above sea level. So <laughs> cellular connections already a little spotty as is. And then they just ripped the Wi-Fi out of you. So not really connection outside with the outside world. And um, they fixed it. I'll give them that. They fixed it day three um, after two full days of, of outage. But it is continually spotty and subpar. I, even even my man Chuck here had to go to a local Barnes and Nobles just to get some <laughs> solid Wi-Fi connection. I mean, so I mean, it is the Olympic Training Center. You'd think they could get a hot hot Wi-Fi router out here, a couple here and there, maybe some stronger signals. But that's my hot take. That's what really grinds my gears right now. Okay, I feel that. I was gonna say cell coverage, but uh, oh, okay. you sort of took that one. Hey, hey, um, hot takes are hot takes. Hey, we I mean, we were talking to invest an investor this week, and he said. Because the call dropped so many times, instead of, you know, our next project basically should be starting a cell phone company up here in Colorado Springs. Wow. Just for athletes ooh, so that we had ooh. cell coverage. Some shots fired there. <laughs> exactly. No, he was, he was completely kidding. But, uh, you know, I think that or uh, we had a hailstorm two weeks ago, I think, or a week ago up here. Yeah. That took out about half the cars in Colorado Springs, apparently. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so I think if BMW could ship a few more of their cars out here, that'd be oh, a huge help okay. for the athletes. Yeah, I was actually uh, in the gardens and the god in the Garden of the Gods uh-huh. when that hailstorm hit, oh, no. and those those the the hail was golf ball yeah. size, folks. Like it was hurting <laughs> when it came down. So um, I know there were some like dents in some cars that I saw going by, uh-huh. but apparently in June in Colorado Springs, that's not a it's not out of the question. You never know what you're going to get up Yeah, here. I was hearing, like, baseball-sized hail sometimes, <laughs> like, knocking people out. I'm not even kidding. Can't make this stuff up hearing stories about that. So, uh, but, yeah, definitely the uh, the hailstorm uh, caught me by surprise. But, yeah, definitely uh, caught some automobiles by surprise as well. <laughs> but uh, that's uh, that's all I got. Chuck, thank you so much for taking the time to sit down with me and uh, let the world know a little bit about you and your life so far. Yeah, it's been fun. Thanks yeah. for having me. Yeah. Wow, some absolutely incredible stuff there. I told you guys you were in for a treat at the top of the episode, and hopefully you feel like that promise was fulfilled. Uh, I certainly enjoyed that talk with Chuck and Grant. Excellent job interviewing on your own without the other half of the Swim Bros podcast. Uh, If you guys are interested in Chuck's business, please check him out on Instagram at TheBodBox, and that is T-H-E-B-O-D-B-O-X. You can also visit his website, www.thebodbox.com. Learn a little bit more about his very cool product that he has going on there. I think you guys will like it. I'm also going to throw in my own hot take to close out the episode. 
As you guys know, Grant and I are big Cleveland Cavalier fans. We came up a little short in the NBA championships this season, and now LeBron's on his uh, free agency kick. My hot take is that he's going to the Los Angeles Lakers. I'm sad to say it. He's going to be breaking up the band over in Cleveland. It's going to be Kevin Love's team, and that's it. I'm very, very disappointed, but I think that's just going to be the way it is. Remains to be seen. Not official as of the release date of this podcast, but I'm going to go ahead and call it early. Bold prediction, hot take, call it what you will. LeBron to LA. Guys, with that, we're going to close it out. Grant, for the first time in our 39 episode history, you did not mention Harambe. Shocking. Cannot leave this pod without throwing him a shout out. So RIP Harambe. And with that, we will leave you. I believe the next episode might be another celebrity guest. So stay tuned. If you like this one, we got plenty more where that came from. Thanks for tuning in as always. And we'll leave you with the Fruit Smoothie Trio. Check them out on iTunes if you like them. I said it again and again, can't get it out of my head, friend said, better off as she is, I'm thinking, it's maybe just a forget it, I'm too lost instead from being too far ahead, just barely, to see where she is, I get it, it's maybe just a letter song.